Welcome once again to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Dino Watt, and excited to have you listening in and finding those best practices that can help you in your business. As always, that's our goal here is to help you find just those little nuggets, those golden nuggets that will help you take your business to the next level. And we try to bring you the best guests we possibly can. And in return, all we ask is that you share this podcast with your friends and family members and you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. If you have already, we just want to thank you so much for being a listener and hopefully you're getting all the value you want out of the show. So today we brought you a guest uh, all the way up from the northern tundra, the frozen tundra of Canada, uh, Dr. Isaac Tam. And Isaac, we're excited to have you here. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here in the freezing cold winter that is Canada tonight. Uh, I had some friends on Facebook in Seattle be like, look at all the snow. And obviously being here in Utah, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we're excited to have you here. Please uh, give everybody a quick introduction of who you are and why, uh, where you come from. And also, I'd love to hear the story of why you got into the work that you do. All right, thanks. Currently, you know, I, I practice uh, uh, with my my brother Sam and my father Timothy, and we share pra- two practices in Delta, Vancouver. Um, so. Jumping into how I, I even got into orthodontics, um, I was doing a pediatric residency in uh, NYU uh, in New York. And basically, I had this like this really jolly, super friendly um, orthodontist that I worked with. And, and I guess like because orthodontics was a small component of the residency, um, you know, I said, you know, this is actually quite a bit of fun. Um, and so and I'm all about fun. So I nice. uh, decided to pursue that. If I, I said, if I, after I graduate from, from pediatrics, if I ever got a chance to uh, walk through the door into the orthodontic world, um, I, would, I, I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't look back. So that's how I got in, like, involved. Um, and so, but your, your family is, a, you have a family of, of doctors and stuff like that. So growing up, was it just something you knew you were going in that direction at least? Uh, great question. Um, so my first job um, was, you know, was actually a sterilization at my father's uh, ah, nice. with my brother, which we shortly got fired for because we're just <laughs> goofing off too much. And, uh, you know, I think he was five. I was, I was eight. And, and we were trying to be responsible citizens, but we just couldn't cut it. And, and uh, <laughs> so that was, that was the first taste. Well, I got to tell you, that's one of my rules when it comes to hiring people. Uh, if, if you're not willing to fire them, you cannot hire them, even if it's a family member. So <laughs> there you go. Your dad was living by that. That's good. Yeah, true that. <laughs> so, no, too small, yeah. So you recoup from that uh, a horrible firing situation and you, you, you got back on your feet somehow and you figured out that, all right, so still dentistry, orthodontics, that's the way I wanted to go. Um, I find it interesting because in my experience anyway, the doctors I talk to doesn't matter, you know, what, what modality they're, they're practicing. They either have a personal connection to it because of, uh, you know, Oh, I had a car accident. I had all my teeth knocked out and my dentist saved my life. I'm orthodontist. And so I went, Oh, I want to do that. There's the, 
I was in medical school and then I went to dental school and then I, and I just kind of followed that path and fell into it. And then there's the, my family was that. So I decided to do that because I saw it uh, there. What was the main factor for you besides just, oh, this looks fun that made you go, I want to deal with people's teeth for the rest of my life? Great question. So um, back in high school, my dad and, and mom, so my dad's a, you know, he's a, he's a pediatric dentist and my mom's a, a pediatrician. She's a physician. And so they go wow. on uh, missions trips every, every year, every other year, uh-huh. depending on how, how well behaved their kids are. And sometimes uh-huh. they leave us at home and, 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 and go help, go help uh, the, the underprivileged. And so uh, in high school, they took us, uh, they took myself, my brother and, and my sister, and they just showed how effective we could be in, in using like our, you know, our, our um, like the gifts he's given us and to help people. And one wow. way, yeah, one, one way we could do that in our, in a, in a toolbox he showed us was our hands and the ability to alleviate pain, especially in the dental world. Um, and I, and our first trip was in the Tijuana, Mexico. Uh, and there we were like, watching our, our father, you know, shuck teeth, you know, through a line of emergency patients. And, and I said, this is, you know, this is something where it, it actually touched me. And I said, yeah, I can tell wow, like this, this can change the world, like, or change at least one person's in, in that moment. And, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, now that now I have purpose and significance in, in yeah. life. I want that to align with my career. Wow. Well, the one person obviously it changed was you. And then you get to have that as you're the ripple effect in that. And that's, that's amazing. That's exactly what, thank you for sharing that because I, I, I that purpose, motivation, that won't, obviously hasn't left and, and, and won't leave you. And I'm, uh, I can only imagine that that's, something that you try to instill even in your, your team members of understanding you really are changing lives here. And I, that touches me personally because I was that kid with the jacked up teeth and the divorced parents and the parents fighting over the money that straightening my teeth, having somebody care enough to straighten my teeth, it, it, it changed me. It made me have an affection towards it. So I love that. And thank you again for sharing that. Is that where some of, and I haven't even announced this yet, but some of our topic today is around ethics and social responsibility. Is that a little bit of where that started to kind of plant the seed and flourish in that, in that manner? That mustard seed. Exactly. That, that's where it started. And ever since it's just been, it's been growing and developing as, as, you know, as, as I journey through my, my career, like, and it's, and these opportunities have been coming up and it's like, and, and I use that to guide my decisions. Like where do I want to spend my precious time? Right. Mm. And that's, that's all of our decisions. And I decide, you know what, I want to align it with where I started and, and what drove me. Cause if you don't have that purpose, then you, you know, you, you sometimes you feel lost. Yeah. I'm going to touch on your point about being the hands, right. Being those hands that got to, that get yeah. to be a part of healing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I have a, there's a, 
somebody that's important in my life who was telling a story about his town in Germany where after the war, um, there's a picture of, and whatever your faith is, you know, for anybody listening, that's not the point of this. The point is that there's a, a statue of Christ in the square and his hands had been torn off and blown off. And he starts to tell the story about like, isn't that symbolic that really whatever your belief system is, whether it be Buddha or Allah or, or Christ, that you have to be the hands that they can't be right now on this earth. Like you're there to serve in their name. And uh, that was, to me, that's the beauty of what the story you told that causes again, that ripple effect. So. Absolutely. Very, very cool. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit. Let's get into this about uh, social responsibility. Let's go there first. Like social responsibility of, of what you have, because we often talk about this, and I, don't, I haven't had a doctor yet come up to me like, dude, no, I'm not in this to help people. I, I just want the money. I haven't had, maybe there's guys out there like that, but I haven't had anybody run into me like that. So what's that social responsibility that I think maybe we need to be a little more aware of beyond, hey, man, I help people. I, I, I straighten teeth or I give I, I, uh, clean teeth or do cavities or fillings or whatever, right? Right, absolutely. Um so one thing I grew up, um, you know, in a family of three is that you always had to share and, and think of others. Transcending that to, to our, our professional life, um, you know, I think connecting with community and, and you know, being mindful of those who, um, who really could use a, like a helping hand or, you know, not a handout, a helping hand in terms of, um, Make, you know, getting, giving them the resources or using your gifts to empower someone. Um, yeah. So, so education is an easy one because a lot of people are involved in, in education. So teaching at, at UBC for us, the graduate orthodontic clinic, you know, super great, you know, um, not a big deal. Um, and then, then you take the next step where you get, um, you know, you want to, you, you find the population of, of uh, children, um, and this is my pediatric hat, um, where they're, you know, they don't make enough, they, oh, they make too much to get a government subsidy and they don't, you know, they don't make enough to afford any ortho, or any like dental option they want. As you know, like we give a lot of options. And so like, you know, um, in the past about for seven years, we, we sponsored and, and ran a, um, like an elementary school dental clinic, free dental clinic where we do, um, whatever the child needed. And we, and, you know, we partnered with university of British Columbia, um, their, their residents to basically provide treatment, uh, with our guidance. And so my brother and I, uh, Sam, uh, and I basically, uh, ran that until there was no more, uh, like social economic issues in that neighborhood. So, wow. Yeah. So that's so talk about making a difference there. Like, uh... Right. It's the Michael J. Fox theory, right? Like his whole thing with his Parkinson's uh, program is to, to no longer be necessary. Right. Exactly. And that's the goal. That is the goal. Right. So that's the empowerment. Um, And then with our, our foundation, we basically found another um, like uh, I guess hole in our, in our social, you know, healthcare society where uh, children's over four who couldn't go to the children's hospital and needed dental work were on this waiting list of uh, to get treatment uh, under general anesthesia. And basically we, we built an anesthesia center, a non-for-profit so that wow. kids could have access to care. Um, so that was huge because 
you know, it's never been done before. And, you know, you know, like, you know, the sounds of critics, you know, there's a lot of kids that we help and, you know, a lot of them can't afford general anesthesia. So they choose to wait on the waiting list for Children's Hospital, but, you know, well, now we've kind of alleviated that waiting list. So, you know, wow. we're really, um, you know, we're really like, like blessed to be part of that. So, so those, those are like two incredible stories and, and examples of what you've been able to do. I'm going to put myself in the position of the listener, uh, a listener. I don't know who it is out there, but might be thinking, you know, um, so those are some pretty big things that you did. Took a lot of time, effort, planning. Um, as you were building this, it didn't obviously happen in a day. It took time, effort, uh, passion. What If I'm a, a practitioner and I do want to give back and I want to have that connection because I hope everybody can hear and I, I believe they can, the the effect that that had on uh, just even that neighborhood or that community there in one community at a time. Um, what are some small things that you see doctors could be doing in their communities to give back, to make that, that social impact? I think, I think the biggest thing is communication. So mm -hmm. open the lines of communication, you can find out what our neighbors are doing and, you know, either align with those values so that, because together, I believe we can accomplish a lot more. Sure. I mean, fortunately, you know, we have, I have, a, you know, well, my father, my brother, my sister, my mother, you know, we're all in healthcare. So I collaborated with people. It wasn't just me. Okay. Hmm. And so that's one thing, you know, pick up that phone. Hey, what are you doing for this community? You know? And another thing is like looking at, like we care for our community and, and you'd be surprised how much you actually know about your community and you'll know, like, where, where we fall short and every community falls short somewhere. Sure. Every community is different. And it doesn't even have to be necessarily in orthodontics or like dentistry. It could be something else. Like maybe, maybe there's, you know, like it's, it's pretty cold out. Maybe some people need some blankets and that's yeah. something as simple as that. Um, and, and uh, I, I think uh, communicating that um, and just finding out what are the needs uh, is, is value for discussion. And start there. Yeah, you don't have to do everything. Just do something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just do your small part. And yeah. if you all do it, like it's the sum of the parts make it like amazing, like almost miraculous. How does that fit in? How does the social responsibility for you anyway, how does it fit into the ethical side of things? Mm. So I guess like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're – so you're practicing, you're making a living, you're putting food on the table, right? Uh, and then what? So now, you, now after you've kind of met your basic needs, you're, you, you gotta question yourself, like what, what am I doing? Hmm. Where's my motivation and who am I? Like what's with my short time on earth, like what is, what's, what do I wanna leave behind? And and oftentimes a lot of opportunities pass by where, where, you know, you, you could help someone, but you're busy, you know, building, you know, let's say you're building your castle or, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're saying, wait a minute, like, I, I feel like personally that we need that balance where let's not wait to retirement before we start, like, let's say donating to those in need or sure. time. Like, why don't we do it now? And, yeah. 
you know, I graduated with an arts in 2014. That's not too long ago. Sure. Did peds in 2007. Okay. But then yeah. there's a lot of people who are way more experienced than me. And there's a lot of younger people, you know, starting with my brother. He only finished like this year. And yeah. so wow. like, let's, let's start now. Let's, let's, let's incorporate this into our life philosophy and make it whole. Like, let's, you know. Interesting. How does that, you know, because there's a lot of conversation around uh, your team members and getting buy-in and things like that. Have you noticed a difference with your team members and stuff because you have this passion and this drive that they want to be a part of that type of movement? Absolutely. And, you know, it's when people, when your staff get to know what you're trying to accomplish, yeah, they, they become more than acquaintances. They become comrades. Yeah. And they, they, yeah, they buy in, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, we've always, we've always been taught like pay them well, appreciate them. Right. Uh-huh. But we, ne- we usually don't hear about, you know, what they actually think of us. And that's sure. an important factor. Like, you know, what, like, why do you, are you guys staying with us? We know you can get paid more, you know, like, you know, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Like you don't have to stay. Yeah. But yep. if, they, if they understand you and they know what you're going to accomplish, you know, that, that resonates. And, and I believe that's why you're still with us. Yeah, I, I agree. I think people, well, not just me thinking it. You look at the studies that show, like when people ask you, how do we get these millennials to take things seriously? And, you know, where can millennials? The number one thing that millennials look for is the cause. Like what's the cause behind it? And if they feel like they're part of that mission and part of that drive, then they're going to get on board, which brings me back to something you were saying just a moment ago of like building that castle. If that's all you're focused on building the castle of, uh, of finances or the biggest, baddest practice in the area, mm-hmm. but you don't have a vision mm-hmm. uh, to take them to, to, to let people get on board with. I often use the example of Moses, right? Like you know, going back to Bible stuff again too, but here's a dude that took all the Israelites out of, yeah, enslavement. But what was his promise? His promise was the promised land. Hey, when are we getting there? I don't know. <laughs> no, like he didn't say it's going to take us 40 years to get there. He just said, here's the, let's go to the promised land people. And I, I make the joke often about like, you would think 20 years in he, the people are like, does this guy know where he's going? Like, seriously, what's up? But but he got people to follow him because he had this promised land idea, this vision of where he was taking you. And I truly believe that if you let people see your vision and what the legacy is that you're trying to leave behind, as you mentioned earlier, people will not only get on board, you're going to have more dedication. You're going to have people who are willing to do a little bit more for you because they believe in it. It's part of, part of their, and, and you see how it's affecting their lives. They see what your change you're making in their community. Mm-hmm. So important. I think it's so powerful. Absolutely. I love that. Give us an example of something that you've seen uh, besides the, the, the couple that you gave us, but that is related to the team members, like the team members getting involved. And, you know, you see that change in people sometimes. I, I spent two years doing service work in Japan. and Like you see that change. What, give us an example of if there are any of, of changes that you've seen or, or just great stories of something that's happened. Um, yeah, for starters, uh, your staff member watches you with like, you know, a microscope. Like they watch your every motion. They know that, you know, like starting as simple things as, um, 
place. So if you're, if, if you see some garbage on the floor, do you pick it up or do you wait for your staff to pick it up and they're going to want you. And then, then that's, and that's leadership. And, and that, you know, if you're, you know, if you're preaching, like, let's help, let's help the poor, let's help, you know, like, you know, uh, like this group and that group and let's just, you know, but you're not willing to pick up the garbage. Well, you know, that's, so I think action. That's a great example. You know, so something as simple as that. And, and I, I start with that because, you know, that, that happens every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so true. A, and today we had a snow day. Um, and so people were walking in with their muddy boots and like, you know, the snow was melting on the ground and, you know, who was there? My brother and I were actually wiping the floor. And staff, wow. You know, and because, you know, it's just, someone's got to do it. And your team members who, you know, yeah, they, they appreciate it. So interesting connection there because I'm, uh, I could see where when you were talking earlier about you and your brother and, and coming and your sister, like you had to pitch in and you had to help each other out. There's a great study from Harvard university about what brings success in life and true success in life. And, uh, the first thing is your relationships, but one of the uh, the underlying things of that was uh, if you had to do chores when you were a kid, that you are most you're more likely to be successful as an adult. And so I I tell clients, look in your employment interview, ask them if they had to do chores when they were a kid, because you'll automatically know if they know that they need to pitch in and everybody wins when we all get in there together. So you showing the example of Something that probably comes a little, like, I, I get it. You weren't doing it and say, hey, look at me, staff. I'm cleaning the floor. You should take my clue. You were doing it because it's what you were taught as a little kid. Everyone gets on their knees and cleans the floor. Exactly. And it's almost like servant leadership where you're serving yeah. something that they think is beneath them even. Yep. Like, wait, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're the doctor. Yep. No, it doesn't, you know, that's let's change this around and it's just because we need to get it done as a team. So interesting. I would even put inside that whole idea, the social responsibility you mentioned, you know, your team members watch you. And I truly believe that when you are bold enough to put your, you know, hang your shingle over the door and start a business and then have people come join you in that business as your team members, that you have some responsibilities. I write about this in my book about how, you know, they need to see an example of not just a great leader, not just a great businessman, but a great uh, man or woman, a man or woman outside, a great spouse, a great parent. They need to see those because, uh, you know, sadly enough, there's a, enough bad examples out there and people who come from bad examples that you have to step into that responsibility. Leadership isn't leadership from nine to five. Yeah. Leadership is uh, 24-7 how you show up. Uh, matter of fact, I should write a book called Leadership Isn't Leadership from 9 to 5. There you go. I just had a, a new book idea. Uh, <laughs> copy, copywritten uh, in uh, January. What? what? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's so important. Let me ask you this. So you work with your brother and your dad, and uh, is your sister not allowed to work with you? What's up with that? No, she, uh, she, found, uh, she found love. Um, oh. An old buddy of mine from New York where – I, you know, he did me actually a favor where I was like, I was, I was called into the hospital and I was like, Hey bud, like I need someone who has time to take my sister around town in New York city. And you know, oh, nice. he's the only one who, 
I guess his job was flexible in, in you know, say it in a nice way. So uh-huh. yeah. And then, and so he did it good for him. I was like, Hey, just send me the bill. And you know what? He said, I had a great time. I'll take care of it. And before you know it, they started dating. Uh, that, that man, that little Cupid will always get in the way of everything, man. I tell you, that's great. Well, good for her. Well, so you work with your brother and your dad and uh, there's dynamics there. Yes. that uh, talk about social responsibility, right? You got to show your team members how to work together with your family, which sometimes it's hard enough to have Thanksgiving with your family. So let alone work with them every day. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, every day we get the practice and our staff watch us again, like that you have to definitely give more than take. And that's the only way, especially with family, um, where, you know, and a lot of people of you guys know this, but you know, it's, it's challenging and you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of gray, uh, you know, no one can tell anyone what to do. Yeah. It's not a business relationship. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of grace, a lot of, um, yeah, just, you know, picking your battle, so to speak, definitely giving a lot more than you, than you deserve. It's, it's, uh, I bet you could teach a masterclass on this because there is, there's a, a mentor of mine, uh, Joe Polish, who says that uh, familiarity breeds contempt. And this is one of the reasons why even in our, you know, our marriages and stuff, we get so familiar with the other person that we're, we sometimes act more rude to them than we would to other people. And, you know, even with our kids, we, we act differently. And so with family members too, like we'll say stuff that we normally wouldn't say to somebody on the street or our friends because familiarity brings contempt. So I'm sure that you guys have plenty of stories uh, around that um, and examples of, of, of how it can work out as well too. Uh, compromise. Mm-hmm. Like you said, grace, love that word. Got to give some more grace to everyone. Um, what are, uh, one of the things that I think is a common denominator with everybody who's listening and no matter what the, the modality is that you, you practice, uh, business in is that every, every business has challenges, Mm -hmm. right? So is there a particular challenge, uh, that we can talk about here that we can maybe uh, talk about some solutions or maybe some people can reach out and have some solutions for you? Absolutely. Um, one thing is uh, we want to like generously and graciously support our father into uh, or the senior practitioner into retirement. And mm. it's, uh, yeah, we love him so much and I love fishing with him, but practicing is sometimes a different story. Sure. So when you guys got into your partnership together, was that a conversation you had? Um, it was, it was very, uh, it was one of those like wild, wild west conversations where it's like, hey, come on down. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and, and there starts the story of the challenge. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It is. I've seen it over and over again. It's like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. Uh, and then we get into the actual idea. Uh, so what, do you know what his why is? What's his why? What's his want in life? I believe the most important question we all can answer is what do you want? So that's kind of the focus there do you know what that is um well i mean i can only uh i'll do my best uh, sure so he want he 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 loves uh he has a heart for people and he loves uh helping people out like if he's if he's not working you know you know that one or two days a week he's doing something 
you know, whether at home with mom or, or at church, you know, cooking for the whole, you know, whole congregation, like he's doing something. So he's always, he's, he's been taught and, and programmed, you know, and maybe, and it's that generation where they always mm. want to be productive. Always. always. Yeah. And those friends are like that too. And, yeah. um, and, and one, one thing is, well, I, we want him to feel significant. We want him to be yeah. uh, loved and we want him to share his passion. You never want to close that pipeline because then you run into like, you know, uh, yeah. other issues like mental health issues. And, sure. And, yep. You know, as, as, as like his son, like, you know, I don't want to be the cause of any of that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know. So, so have you guys thought about a ways of transferring the enthusiasm for significance and what he does uh, just to a different modality that would make him want to move more towards that than to the being coming in the office? And I think the under uh, another part of that question is uh, understanding if he is using the time to come into the office for to fill up that lack of significance or because he's just like so passionate still about straightening teeth and being involved there. You know what? I, I think on one hand, he doesn't want to be home. So he wants yeah. to hang out with the boys. Sure. Like, so it's, I mean, we're, you know, yeah, yeah, he loves us. We know that. So, uh, so that's one thing is like, even when he's not booked to any patients, he's there five days. So he's hanging out. He's, and, and that's cool, but it's also, you know, it, 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 sometimes it can be um, uh, it can be interesting, like very. It can be an interesting day. <laughs> it can be an interesting day. Yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes you're doing a consult, and he'll jump in and say, "Hey, this is what I think," and then everyone's like, "Who's that?" And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like what my love about it. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things that we want to always look at when it comes to something like that about helping somebody you know, choose something that's good for everybody, not just good for one party is we got to find out what the true want is Mm -hmm. and then see how we can create around that want another way of of delivering that. So uh, that want of, I want to create a situation where um, I'm helping more people for no profit at all because I want to feel like I'm given back after all the years I've been given. I don't know. Like I've, I've top my head here thinking of how do we, how do you create that scenario? By the way, let's back up for just a moment. I'm assuming, and I probably shouldn't that there've been conversations around what does dad want? Yes. Yeah. We've, uh, and you know what, sometimes, you know, to be fair to him, he may not know what he wants. Yes. That's so true. Um, and I mean, we, we still do mission trips and he loves those. He's passionate. So that's, you know, I see that transfer of, of passion to help people in that way. Um, and you know, there's also spending time with the grandkids. My sister has two lovely kids, you know, mm-hmm. three and six. Okay. So there's that, there's that love being transferred and that time spent and that's great. Um, and you know, continually serving his community, right. You know, outside of dentistry. So, you know, those things are all happening. Um, it, it's also, this is, he's been doing this for 40 plus years. Wow. How do you let go and, and I'm, you know, not to say walk away, but, you know, how do you gently step away from something you've been, you've known? Yeah. 
I, like, I can't even imagine. And, and that's why I pose this question because if I were in his shoes, how, like, I don't even know how I would deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting about your point about him not knowing sometimes what he wants either is uh, it's a great book called the challenger sale. And in there they have a great uh, survey around how, um, the old school way of selling, and I teach this in my TC courses, their old school way of selling was finding out what people want. But the problem is a lot of people don't know what they want. So you have to give them what we've seen people have wanted and see if that's something they want. So to be able to say, so what we've found is a lot of people tend to think that, you know, braces can be really uh, challenging and they hurt and uh, super expensive. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is what the truth is and this is how we can educate them on it. People actually want to be taught what they want and if it connects with them, then they'll go towards it. And I've had plenty of situations like that in my life too. Um, and that's a very short summary of a very long book, but that's kind of the idea around it. So sometimes we have to let people know what the actual options are mm. and, and why they might want that so they can choose to want it. Amazing. I just wrote notes down. That's awesome. Good. Thank you. Um, we're not going to be able to solve how to get dad out of the practice today, but I might have some ideas offline that we can Maybe. talk about too. <laughs> well, I, I love your passion around the social aspect of it and, and recognizing um, I've, I've, I've realized I've used this word now. This is the third time the ripple effect, right. Of, of how that's causing a shift in other people, starting with yourself, obviously, starting with then going to the people that are around you, your team seeing that, then going to the people that it's actually directly affecting and and seeing how that's a, a causation in the world. As I mentioned earlier, I think people choose their path in life because either they were affected by it, they saw it, or they fell into it, right? It became something that was interesting to them. Uh, this is one of those things too that, you know, that kid who's in Tijuana, Mexico and has his, sees his dad not have that suffering anymore because of the tooth that gets pulled and he's no longer grumpy and angry and saying, wow, the magic of one person serving and taking uh, the time to pull my dad's tooth gave me my dad back. Now I want to do that again. And you never know, you know, 20 years down the road, three years down the road. So incredibly powerful. I, I, I hope as I have been that people listening have been inspired by your story and by what you guys are, are doing with your, with your, and by the way, uh, I, this will be a question later on, but why not get it out of the road now? You mentioned you still do mission trips. Do you take other doctors out on these trips and do stuff? Absolutely. Share my info. Uh, we're planning a, uh, a trip this uh, July to uh, a small island off Bali, Indonesia. Um, wow. Please contact me if you're interested. Um, we we love volunteers. So necessary. Please do. We'll make sure we put uh, your information in the uh, show notes as well. By the way, is there like an email that they can reach out to? Yeah. If they're uh, listening. Yeah. Isaac Tam at Gmail. I-S-A-A-C-T-A-M at Gmail. Please reach out to me. Man, couldn't make it more simple. We'll definitely put that in the, the show notes as well. That's very, very cool. Cool. So we've come to part of our show where we actually go through some kind of rapid fire questions that okay. we just throw out there. And then uh, you give us your best answer that you can come up with. Uh, you want to play? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So 
you talk to a lot of practice owners, you're in your practice yourself. Um, but first, what's the one thing you wish they would have taught you back in graduate school? Great question. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, talk to as many people as you can, uh, you know, for the next phase in life after you've learned the, I guess the basics of clinical and, and whatever residency has to offer you dentistry. Listen, man. Hello. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool if they had a whole class? That would be great for marriages. Just like have a class and just how to listen. Yeah. How to sit and listen. I had a mentor once, and I'm sure I know many people have heard this, but what you have two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly, right? So, yeah. uh, that's great. Listen. All right. Is there a? I, I'm a. I'm a, a, a very uh, adamant reader. I love reading, uh, especially audio books. I listen to them all the time. What's a book that you feel every private practice owner should be reading? You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm reading um, this book called Answers to Tough Questions by Josh McDowell. Um, it's it, it's uh, everything that challenges like, like, like it's a book about why, why, do you do, why do you believe the things you do? And it mm. just and it picks you apart. And, uh, and, and any hole or any void that you are not sure um, it, it kind of, it makes you like critique yourself. So that's, you know, and that, I think that has to do with servant leadership, like, like hey, question your motives, check yourself, even when things are great, when, you know, when everyone's like, Hey, good job. You're, you're the, you know, you know amazing doctor. Well, still reflect, take, take time to reflect and, and, and look at yourself like hard in the mirror and saying, you know, what are my motives every day? It- yeah, I think it's so important. It's that Stephen Covey idea, right, of sharpening the saw because we all have entropy. And so you might be amazing. Like I start out many of my speeches with, hi, my name is Dino Watt and I'm the best in the world at what I do. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to say like I'm the best person I can be right now and I'm going to be better tomorrow and I'm going to be better tomorrow, right? So I think that's very powerful. Great, great book. So it's it's answering hard questions, tough questions? Yeah, yeah answers answers to tough questions, yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes as well. That's, that's really good. Uh, okay. So speaking of books, obviously in my book, I talk a lot about team culture and performance as the foundation of business growth. What do you think is one of the biggest challenges private practice owners face when it comes to their teams and office culture? Consistency. Oh yeah. Uh, because that's good. You'll get a ton of ideas. Like, you know, you go to the PCSO, you 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 know, you'll hear about the amazing ideas from Dino and, and, but you know, you implement it, you're on this high and then it starts to taper down and you need to keep that up and believe in it and buy in. You need to buy in and then your staff will follow. That, you know, consistency is such a powerful word because it's uh, so needed. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, change our mind with the blow of the wind or, oh, I went to a new seminar and I, it, I just think about how much your staff hates that of just like, Great. Doc's going to another seminar. Guess what's going to happen on Monday? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, consistency is so true. Uh, we mentioned how listeners can reach you. So that's awesome. So let's go to, this is a challenge I know, but off the top of your head, the first thing that comes to your mind, what's the best advice that you've ever received in life or business? Practice with integrity. Practice with integrity. So, so simple, but so needed. So needed. So, is there a, a resource or a tool that you feel is the best thing that you've used to grow your practice? 
you know what, I'd have to credit, there's, there's not one thing, there's actually many things. And, um, you know, it, it, it goes from, you know, all the way from Peter Greco on communication. So communicating mm-hmm. with all the GPs, all the doctors, if there's an issue, like pick up that phone. I think we, we practice in silos and, and we're too isolated from our, our, our colleagues. And, you know, you know, we're too wrapped up in competition that, you know what, like, let's a little be, be a little more collegial. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, one thing we can all work on. And then all the way to all, all the tips they offer in the AO and the PCSO, all those meetings and the CAO, like you'll hear, there's so many smart people there. Oh my gosh. Like it's, and I, I credit sure. them. And I, and I take little pieces of, of uh, pearls from them. And, and yeah, I just say, you know, educate yourself, go out there. They're not going to spoon feed you search for answers, listen, ask questions, um, you know, get off the couch. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So true. Just, well, guys, I mean, thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today, because I know if uh, I was listening to my car and I was pulled up to my office or my, my house, you know, 10 minutes ago, I'd want to sit here and listen to the rest of these answers because you really, really gave a lot. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate just your passion around, just giving back and making sure that that is the focus and, and, and knowing that that's where true happiness comes from. Yeah. Like you said, you could build the castle as high as you want, but if it's empty inside, who cares? And it, it's really about what you do with that time and that money and the efforts. And I really appreciate it. Matter of fact, more important than the money is definitely the time. So thank you so much for being a part of the show and sharing with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, uh, everybody that was listening, I hope you got as much as I did out of our time here together with Dr. Tam and his wisdom. Please remember to share the podcast with a friend or a colleague and give them some opportunities to get some of these best practices. You know, these are your experts, your colleagues that are are giving you this amazing wisdom. So uh, share it and share the love with other people. And remember, here on the Propreneur Podcast, our goal is always to help you be more proactive in your business, more productive in your life, and always, uh, always make more profit. Thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Propreneur Podcast. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.